Welcome to the Next Discipleship Podcast, a resource from Freedom in Christ Church. Our vision is to impact the world for Christ with how he's transforming us every day. On this podcast, we're taking next steps and learning how to be followers of Jesus. We're glad you're here. This is What's Next. Welcome back to the Next Discipleship Podcast, where we're working through the course, Everything You Need. We're here in Chapter 5 in this sixth episode. If, hey, if you're jumping into the podcast for the first time, we are working through this course, Everything You Need, that you can grab from our website. And we recommend you go back to Episode 1 so you can start with the first chapter, which is the introduction for this course and work from there. So you can sort of track along with us and don't sort of jump in at the middle. And we would love it if you would talk to others about what you're listening to on this podcast by joining that everything you need Facebook group at Freedom Church KW is our social handle. You can look for that in groups. We'd love to see you there. And we're joined again, of course, by Pastor Del Wells, the author of this course, who's going to walk us through the fifth chapter in this episode. So, of course, welcome back. Good to be here again. And uh, the verses we're going to look at today, this whole course, of course, is based on Second Peter chapter 1. And the verses we're looking at today are all about action items and results. Uh, being a follower of Christ is not a passive thing. It's a daily investment. And so that's what we're going to be uh, focusing in on today. And I'm excited about this one because I'm a list maker. Mm-hmm. I love a good list. So we're going to get a good one today in this episode. So let me read Second uh, Peter 1, 5 to 9. And then, Pastor Joe, you can start taking us through this section. So these verses say this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. And to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. I think it's important to realize that you can be confident in your faith. I think that you need to embrace the reality of who you are in Christ and that you have everything that you need to live the way God wants you to live, already made available to you. And proof that you've grasped who you are and what you have is seen in the way that you're motivated to engage God and the more to become like Him. So, If you've been following through this series uh, up to this point, the statement is made for this very reason. For this very reason. All the things we just talked about in the previous episodes, your participation in Christ and escaping worldliness, uh, for this very reason, you become aggressive in your spiritual growth. You take seriously the admonition. Make every effort Mm -hmm. to add what you already have. So we've talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us and that there are qualities in us ready to be developed. And here Peter lists eight essential things for us to increase, things that are already now present that we need to now work on. And God has given us the ability through the Holy Spirit to activate, utilize, and maximize all of these things. And so that's what we're going to do in this episode is to take a look at the qualities that are here and how the Holy Spirit will help us to see these eight things grow. Um, 
spiritual fruit is another way of looking at it or, or calling it. Uh, we see in Galatians chapter 5, verses 2, 22 and 23, where Paul lists the nine segments of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, but every spiritual characteristic we have in us to develop is a gift from God. It's already been given to us, you know, and it's uh, for our benefit. And so we consider how generous God has been to us, and we therefore want to increase in uh, these things in our lives. Uh, as you know, we have uh, developed a, a life transformation course called Produce, Developing the Fruit of the Spirit in You. So it's available for our listeners, anybody that wants to get online, but it talks specifically about the fruit of the Spirit mm -hmm. and how the seeds of every uh, part of the fruit are already in us, ready to be maximized. Yeah, I don't want anyone to miss what you're saying here because so often we think about the fruit of the Spirit or like these eight qualities we're going to talk about now as things we need to get. Mm -hmm. But what you have said, what we read in scripture, mm -hmm. is that they already exist because they are already exist in fullness in the Holy Spirit. That's right. The Holy Spirit lives in us. That's right. And now we are working to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the production of these qualities. That's, that's right. So don't miss that these things already exist. It's not like, oh, I have to add, I have to add, mm -hmm. I have to add. But it is saying make every effort to mm -hmm. add because... They're in you and you need to be cooperating with the spirit to see them produced. That's right. Be serious about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a relationship between the effort that we put into our spiritual growth and our commitment to Christ. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a correlation between those things, whether we grow or not and whether or not we're committed to growing. Of course, that makes sense. But how do we understand that? Sometimes the 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 pushback there is that we don't earn our salvation. Mm -hmm. So how do we understand this idea of making every effort to add, knowing that the Holy Spirit already lives in us, knowing that these things are already present in us, and then here we are being told to make every effort to add. How do we not make this about works when we know we don't earn our salvation, but we're being told to make every effort? Mm -hmm. yeah, I've heard that pushback as well mm -hmm. uh, many times, but to me, there are two different things. Uh, both require your faith in God. The first thing is salvation. Salvation is a gift from God that's activated by your faith. You're not saved until you actually do something. You have to put your faith in Christ. And uh, you just can't go along assuming that you're saved if you haven't done that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that in itself is something. Then, But the Bible tells us in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that's a gift from God. Salvation is a gift pure and simple. But that scripture also goes on to give an, another side to this, uh, and that is effort is required. Mm -hmm. Effort, I believe, is the evidence that we are saved. So we have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Ephesians 2.9. We are not just to sit around and wait out our, our lives until the end, uh, but we have work to do. And so I think that it's kind of unfortunate that people uh, you know push back on that immediately because they're two different things salvation is a gift no question you, you cannot buy salvation mm -hmm. absolutely it's all accomplished in christ but the other thing here is and this is what we're talking about in this episode is the effort that's required to show the evidence that we are saved uh, and every action that we take is faith it's faith on our part to do it and so we have to realize that, that we can earn our salvation, absolutely. But we must uh, show evidence that we are saved. Mm -hmm. 
Dallas Willard is so famous. Everything you read that he writes, and he writes so well on discipleship, Mm -hmm. uh, he's so often quoted as saying, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Right. Right. That's the idea Mm -hmm. here. It's not about not putting in effort. It's that understanding your effort doesn't earn you salvation. That's right. Right. That's accomplished in Christ. So we're going to go through each of these characteristics in this episode, these eight characteristics. We won't have time to, of course, unpack them fully. We're going to invite you to go ahead and work through the questions in the course material for each one of them. There are questions for every one of these qualities and really give them time to sink in and take root in your heart and in your understanding. And as we said, this chapter is called Eight Essential Spiritual Qualities You Must Develop and Activate Daily. So let's jump into the first one. Well, obviously, uh, faith is the starting point. Faith. If if you don't have faith, then you you can't go beyond this. So faith is always the starting point upon which all the other qualities are built upon. Faith is foundational to everything we do in life. In fact, even uh, proceeding in this process that we're talking about requires our faith. We have to do that. Uh, Your new life in Christ has been initiated by your faith. I referred to Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Your ability to receive whatever you need from God depends on your faith in God, uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And faith must be continually activated or it becomes useless, according to James 2, 26. Now, the neat thing here is that faith is not some ethereal concept that is just kind of out there that's, you know, we can't really wrap our heads around Faith is actually objective in nature Hmm. in that it has God as its focus. God is the most real thing there is in the whole universe. And your faith is supported by facts, not feelings. The Bible reveals God's reality, and the Holy Spirit illuminates that truth to you as you apply yourself to learning it and understanding it. And so that's how you grow your faith. You mature your faith as you begin to exercise it, and it grows, and you put your faith squarely in God and his abilities, not in yours. So the key questions to ask at this point when we talk about faith is, what does growing in your faith every day look like? And what do you do to exercise your faith and make it stronger? Uh, One of the basic key things is just to spend time with God. Um, So what does that look like in your life? That's the question you want to ask yourself at this point. Uh, what am I doing to spend time with God so that my faith will be exercised and grow stronger every day? So what are those things that we can do to strengthen our faith? Well, you know, you're going to be surprised, but I'm going to say <laughs> the big three. Let's do the big three, right? The Holy Spirit, God's Word, and prayer. You can't get away from that. Mm-hmm. Those are the essentials. If you haven't started implementing those in your life daily, you need to. You need to get going. The Holy Spirit. Get familiar with the Holy Spirit by including him in everything that you do. It's, it's as simple as that. It's simple. Holy Spirit, I, I don't know you very well. Come and just be involved with me. Show me. Get Fill my life. Just talk to him. Mm-hmm. Include him. The second thing is God's word. Learn the Bible. I mean, in every episode up to this point, we've talked about the importance of knowing God's word, knowing mm-hmm. the Bible. Well, there's only one way to do that. It's by studying it. Studying it to be equipped. Uh, for every situation that you face. That's what, that's what uh, Second Timothy tells us, doesn't mm-hmm, it? Right. it? It says that if we will do that, uh, that we'll be equipped for every good work. Right. Uh, if we just uh, learn the Bible, learn what it says. Too many people are going along on just a very uh, 
small uh, a bit a bit of information about the Bible, some things that maybe they've heard years ago or or learned years ago. But I'll tell you, you need to learn the Bible to be mm-hmm. proficient with it. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, of course, is prayer, and that is talking with God, like He's with you, like like He's with you. He's constantly with you, just as I refer to the Holy Spirit, who is God, obviously. But talk to the Lord, and not just asking Him for things, but talking to God and listening to what He might mm-hmm. say to you. And it's the Holy Spirit again who will teach you how to hear from God. Mm -hmm. So those are the ways that we strengthen our faith. Right. Awesome. Okay, so that's faith. That's the starting point Mm -hmm. in these eight essentials. And the second one is goodness. Let's talk about that. Goodness is essentially moral excellence. Uh, It it means to be good and to do good. Um, It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit already planted in us as a seed when we become a new creation in Christ. We've, We've talked about that already that that we we have in us the holy spirit and then in the holy spirit is everything and the seed of goodness is already in us and so it needs to be developed in us and we must allow that goodness to grow we do that by surrendering ourselves to god daily Uh, we say holy spirit have your way within my life and the goal is so that we become more like christ we don't even know what that means when we first start out but we begin to understand that more as we progress. And so we see Jesus as the ideal model of goodness when you look at his life. And every godly characteristic that needs to be developed in us is in him. And so we, we learn how to do that. And so a key part to this development in our lives of these things is understanding that access to our lives is gained through our minds first right, yeah. before it gets into our hearts. Mm-hmm. What we feed our minds has a profound influence on what we become. That's why I keep stressing, focusing in on the Word of God, Mm -hmm. focusing in on the character of God, who God is. God is the object of your faith. Uh, Philippians 4 and 8 is a a beautiful passage. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so when you do that, your mind uh, gives access to God to work through um, and change and renew your mind. And then you begin to think good. And that's why you do good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It reminds me of the principle uh, that, that it's in Scripture. Jesus said it. And, but, and it's in, I think it's in Proverbs as well. But out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. So if you're wondering why you say the things you do mm-hmm. it's not the, the issue of taming the tongue is really about what's in your heart that's right right what's it what is there goodness developing in your heart that's right. because that's what's going to come out mm-hmm. of your mouth right mm-hmm. absolutely uh, all right so the resources that god has given us to grow in our goodness what are some of those things that we can look for to grow in goodness well again uh, the big three yeah, uh, sure. that i talk about the holy spirit God's word, prayer, um, you know, it, it is so important for us always to be involved and engaged in those, in those things every day. But I also think about the example of others that we can emulate. Uh, the example of other uh, mature believers, mm-hmm. people that we look up to, people that we know know God, people that have this relationship, and they show us how to live for God. They encourage us to live for God, and they motivate us to live for God. And of course, 
The greatest example is Jesus himself. He's the perfect model to follow. And so I think uh, it would be, you know, really uh, wise and helpful uh, to look at the influences in your life. Mm-hmm. Who, who is right. it that's influencing mm-hmm. your life? Who do you focus in on? And I think that you need to begin to choose godly people uh, to look at and, and to follow. Not, they're not perfect. They're not like Jesus, uh, but they've got experience. Uh, they have some things to show you, and uh, odds are they're going to help you and encourage you too if you ask them. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we are going to make every effort to add to our faith goodness. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is knowledge. Knowledge, right. And knowledge, as we saw in chapter 2, is more than just merely gathering information. Mm-hmm. You know, just knowing more facts. Learning is important. We need to know that. We need to do that. But we need to apply what we learn. And that's what makes it alive in us. And think about a relationship, any relationship that you have. Um uh, Learning about that other person helps you to connect with them better. Uh, relationships are enhanced both by knowing and then making known, uh, making yourself known mm-hmm. to them. And of course, your most important relationship is your relationship with God. That's how you get to know Him. You you get to know who He is by the Word, by uh, the Holy Spirit, by prayer, of course, the, the big three. Um, but it has to be a priority. It has to be your daily pursuit. Mm. And uh, the more you do that, uh, the more that you will uh, grow in a relationship with God. And you'll say, oh, that's how God operates. Oh, that's who God is. And then once somebody else asks you a question about God, you're able to tell them more easily. Oh, this is who God is because you know him more. And that's what it means to make every effort to add to your knowledge, add knowledge to your faith and goodness. Grow in your relationship with God. Get to know Him. And uh, these ways are given to us to do that very thing. I think people would be surprised if they engage in this process, what they learn about God. Mm. Because what they think they know and what is actually true about Him can be very, very different. From all the influences, what you've been told, maybe your own relationship with your father or your parents or authority figures in your life, translate those things to that's how God must be or that's who he must be or uh, just things that you've heard over time you assume are in the Bible and you discover they aren't or or whatever it is or Mm -hmm. you think oh God thinks this about me or he's disappointed with me in this way or whatever and then you read scripture and you find something very very different Mm -hmm. but when you I think that that's that's a really exciting thing Mm -hmm. is to read scripture and think I just I didn't know that uh, I, I'm just working on a message right now where Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock. Mm-hmm. And even just, I was just reading that just in my Bible reading plan. And one day I just thought, has this always been in scripture mm-hmm. that Jesus so, so gently says, do not be afraid, little flock, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like those, those, even those small things. I think people would be really surprised what they find out about the heart of God by reading his word. Mm-hmm. And so like we just well, we can't obviously can't encourage people enough to get into his word because that's the key. So we're adding this knowledge to our faith and to goodness. That's right. And the more you know God, the more you understand his ways. Uh, the more you understand his approach, how he does things. Mm-hmm. You understand also more his purposes. Oh, that's why this is happening. That's why this is taking place. And you also better recognize 
what you need to become like. Uh, it really, the more you know God, the more you realize, hey, I got to grow up. I got to mature. Right. I, I have to take some steps. I, I'm not as far along as I thought I was. And because when we compare ourselves to other people, which we tend to do, we can look and say, oh, well, I'm doing, I'm doing as good as they are. Or I'm actually doing better than they are. That's not the measure. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> the measure is what's God's potential in you? Mm-hmm. What do you need to develop in your life? And that's, that's the key. So this knowledge, this, this growing relationship, uh, with God will enhance uh, that ability to understand God more and you more. Mm-hmm. Right. There's so much potential there. Mm-hmm. So much. All right. The fourth essential in mm-hmm. this passage is self-control. Self-control. Let's talk about that. Oh, man, that's huge. Uh, I define having self-control as finding the and maintaining the balance in all things. Uh, it's resisting the urge to go to extremes. Mm or to overreact or underreact to comments or situations that you face. Self-control is required to discipline yourself to mature and to be healthy, body, soul, and spirit. Self-control is not talked about a lot today. Self-control, I believe, is overlooked, and it's so critical. It's listed as the ninth and last fruit of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and verse 23, right. if you notice. And I think that suggests its importance to be able to grow all the other fruit because if you're not practicing self-control, chances are you're not going to be doing this. You're not going to be growing in a relationship with God. You're not going to be following through on the things that are necessary. You're going to be uh, discouraging yourself by blowing it here, blowing it there, uh, by not training yourself uh, to act and mm-hmm. react properly. And so... I think that discipline is something that you need to embrace rather than kind of hold off at at arm's length, which people tend to do. Oh, when they think discipline uh, or self-control, they think, oh, well, there goes all the fun in life or there goes all the, you know, enjoyment of things. Yeah, I mean, there goes, might as well just, you know, whatever, just fold it up right now. No, it's the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. There are so many benefits to growing in self-control that it's just amazing self-control gives you the supernatural ability to say no to sin and yes to god spiritual Mm self-control and you learn not to involve yourself in things that are not beneficial to your spiritual growth or to your life in general and instead to engage in things that are beneficial to you and to those who that you interact with and uh, i think if people would just stop and think about all the things that they've had to undo in their lives because they didn't practice self-control. Right. <laughs> That's a motivating factor right there. Yeah. And just go back and say, you know, if I'd have done in the first place what I should have done, you know, well, the good news is that potential's in you already. That's called self-control. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is, is going to give you the ability to do that in your life so that you experience that in an increased measure. Will you be perfect in any of those things? Never. We're human beings. I'm still learning and growing in these things. I'm the first to admit that. But I'll tell you what, as you mature, you see the benefits of that, and I want those things in my life. So when I do blow it, I say, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> I, should, I should have done that differently. Help me to do it better the next mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And he will. You know, it's so amazing. And it is the mark of a mature person. When you see someone who you think, well, they... They really are so mature in their faith. Mm-hmm. 
this is a characteristic that is being developed Mm -hmm. and probably has been for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because when you see someone who exercises self-control, and you're right, it's so rare, actually, in our society. So when you see it, it, it's it's really marked. I was telling my husband the other day a story about you. And when I was younger, I was, you know, I mean, I still am. I get excited about a lot of things and I talk fast and I talk loud and I wave my hands around and whatever. Try not to do that here in the studio, but you know, um, but I remember you, I remember saying to you, yeah, you don't understand because like, this is who I am. I'm such, you know, I can't, it's so hard for me to just say the right thing. You probably don't remember this. This is many years ago. And you know, and you're so, you're so, um, it's so easy for you. You're just like so self-controlled. You're so thoughtful. You always say the right thing. You know, that was my perspective. And one of the most encouraging things you ever said to me was, actually, I'm very much like you. I very much have that. That was me too. I, I, I would just say whatever came to my mind with no filter. And, and it's the Holy Spirit working in me year for years and years. And, you know, working, you know, using this language from today, working in cooperation with that, uh, that has allowed me to choose my words. Mm-hmm. It's allowed me to be able to not, I like how you said it here, uh, not go to the extremes on either side. And I, I just, I was so encouraged by that because I thought, well, if God could really take all of those rough edges in me <laughs> and through the power of his Holy Spirit, still, I'm still me, I'm still going to be who I am, but allow me to, those things to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's an exciting prospect. Mm-hmm. That's a very exciting prospect for me. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've always loved that. And so the, the phrase that I said that I learned from you was, you don't have to say everything mm-hmm. you think not by a long shot. <laughs> and so it's a funny thing to say, which is true. Um, but that's because the Holy Spirit allows me to not go to those extremes. Right. And so I have seen that in my life. It really is real. And uh, that was one of the things you taught me so many years ago. <laughs> and I was encouraged. Oh, wow. I don't have to just keep putting my foot in my mouth for the rest of my life. The Lord can help me with that. <laughs> so good to know. That's he, so encouraging. And he does. And he does. And yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought maybe uh, some other examples of that mm-hmm. uh, would be uh, things like uh, time management, you know, choosing to do the best thing when you have a lot of things that you could do. Some of them are good things, uh, but self-control helps you to choose the best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, money management, uh, huge today, uh, developing an investment mentality rather than a spending mentality. And uh, I think that when you allow the Holy Spirit to develop self-control in your life, you manage your money better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another thing is a career choice. Uh, the things that you could do. Not every opportunity that's presented to you, uh, you should take. Just because it sounds good or it seems to be an advancement, it may or may not be the best. And it's self-control that helps you to know what to say no to and what to say yes to. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit in you that helps you. Well, that's powerful. What a gift. Mm. What a gift that is. Huge. Yeah. An advantage. A huge advantage. A huge advantage. Okay, so that was self-control. And let's talk about the fifth one, perseverance. Perseverance is finishing what you start. <laughs> it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Finishing what you start. Uh, staying with it. And I think that's such a good character builder. Mm-hmm. It's still today. It has never gone out of date. Never gone out of fashion. It gives you a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. Personally. But it also builds a good reputation with others. Mm-hmm. They know that you're somebody that can be trusted. 
it's interesting to note that perseverance is also listed as another fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The same Greek word there is translated patience. Mm. And I think that's a, a neat way to look at it. It reminds you that you must endure patiently right. many times in order to persevere fully. And enduring circumstances that you maybe would like to see changed, but enduring circumstances usually includes enduring other people. Because people can be annoying, let's face it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, any of us can be annoying to other people. And one of the big challenges is um, enduring uh, people, but showing grace when they may complicate our lives in some way or another. Uh, but realizing that it, that should not throw us off the path, off the course, that we stick with it. Mm -hmm. And living as a Christ follower requires extraordinary perseverance to boot and i mean when you become a christ follower you just add to your life complications mm -hmm. because now you have to live in a different way than the world lives you can't just go along with the flow you now have to choose to be godly you have to choose to be holy well that puts a whole different spin on things well i'll tell you it's the holy spirit again that develops that perseverance in you that you can continue and as you continue you mature you grow uh, you must persevere. The Bible compares your um, spiritual life to running a race in order to win the prize, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. And in there, Paul talks about how he disciplines his own life, disciplines his body even to run a good race, not just to go through the motions, because he's running to win. Mm -hmm. He's not just trying to go to go along with the crowd but he's going to win a crown that lasts forever. And so that's what it says here. Make every effort to add perseverance to your life. Make every effort. It's important, but you'll be so glad that you've done it. Mm -hmm. And probably no coincidence. I mean, we don't, we know that from studying scripture, this list may or may not be some kind of a ladder or spirit we don't we don't really know because i think this this was a form of like a literary form of the time that was helpful but i don't think it's a coincidence that you add perseverance to self-control mm -hmm. uh so you 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 allow the holy spirit to develop self-control and you keep doing it mm -hmm. and you allow the holy spirit to develop goodness and you keep doing it and knowledge and you keep doing it like there's no probably no coincidence that it's here in the list either because right. if you continue to do these things that we've already talked about how powerful they will be mm -hmm. in your spiritual development i think we need to be careful not to get caught up with uh, debating whether this is a an exhaustive list right. or whatever it is i mean that's because i'll tell you what if you focus in on these this list from second peter one and the fruit of the spirit uh, in Galatians chapter 5, you'll have enough to keep you busy. That's <laughs> yeah, if you could f have all of those character qualities formed in your life mm -hmm. consistently, uh, you won't even worry about the other stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, somebody says, well, I think that this thing, okay, great, no problem, no problem. The, the key to me is at least do these. At least get involved with these things and uh, make every effort to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think one of the things about perseverance that's difficult is that we have to value the eternal yes. more than the right now. Mm -hmm. And that can be really, mm -hmm. really difficult. Like how do we learn to value what we really can't see? We have such a, 
such a small picture of what eternity is going to yeah. be like. And what we live today is so real mm-hmm. to us. And we know that from scripture, that's not all that there is, but how do we learn to refocus that? Well, Jesus had the answer, of course. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Those are Jesus' words. Mm-hmm. He was talking specifically about money in that scenario, but it applies to anything in life. Um, and I think that is the, the danger that we can so easily fall to, and that is we become enamored with the things of life. We become enamored with the temporary, with the temporal, because they're pleasurable. A lot of the things are very pleasant. I mean, they're, they're nice. There's no getting away. Like, don't say to people, uh, you know, don't get involved with that stuff because it won't, it won't make you happy or satisfied. Well, it will for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it can. Uh, the problem is it, it's short-lived. And uh, so Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, it's where you focus. And so if you focus on worldly things, it will create in you an appetite for those things. Mm-hmm. So if you're focusing on worldly things and you're looking around saying, oh, the, the newest gadgets or, uh, you know, the newest experience or uh, the newest trend or the newest. And you start focusing on those things. All of a sudden you develop, you'll find yourself developing an appetite. Oh, I can't live without that. Mm-hmm. I need that. Right. Well, that's not true, but you think it's true. But I think the uh, principle is, is also applicable to focus on godly things. When you focus on godly things, it creates in you an appetite for godly things. And so that's what you have to do. There was an old chorus, and you know it well. Uh, we used to sing it. It's a very simple, beautiful chorus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Mm-hmm. You turn your attention uh, to look to Christ. Just, just Pull, up, pull back and start thinking about Christ. Everything changes. That's how I believe that you change uh, your value system, that you begin to value Christ and the things of eternity more than the things of this world. You focus in on it. Mm-hmm. Where you treasure is there your heart will be also. What do you treasure? What do you value? What's the most important to you? Think about those things. And, and Christ's beauty will become obvious to you. Mm-hmm. And the uselessness of the things that we often pursue mm-hmm. will become obvious to mm-hmm. you, right? That's that's the that's the author of the song. That's what they exactly what they were saying. But right. it's so hard to to see how beautiful Christ is if you're looking around at everything else. That's right. But when you look at Him, you realize, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. And let me tell you, the older that you get, and I'm old now, <laughs> uh, compared to what I was, the older that you get, the more that you realize. Uh, how fleeting this world is and and your desires change so much mm-hmm. and you're not captivated by the things of the world and you become more captivated with the things of God and that's something that you can tuck away uh, for those of you that are listening to this and you're younger uh, let me tell you as an older person that's the truth the longer you stay on this course the more you'll recognize the mm-hmm. world for what it is and you will see that the only thing that really matters is Christ in eternity. Hmm. So the sixth essential that we see here in this passage is godliness. Let's talk about godliness. So godliness, we talked about in chapter 3, God has already made available to us everything we need to be godly and to act godly. 
through his divine power, through our knowledge of him. And we considered in that chapter uh, the fruit of the Spirit as the ideal picture of Christ's likeness, Galatians 5, 22, 23. And the emphasis here, I believe, in this passage in, in 2 Peter 1 is reminding us to do our very best to grow godly. Because godliness doesn't just happen to us. We have to make every effort to add godliness to our other essential spiritual mm, qualities. Right. Like Paul admonishes us, uh, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. And that's how important it is to become more godly daily because everything in your life is better when you deal with it like Jesus would deal with it. Mm -hmm. So pleasing God should be our overriding principle for life. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Remember that everything that you do reflects on God. And so the more you train yourself to be godly, uh, the greater your testimony uh, about God becomes. So that's why we make every effort to become more godly. Mm -hmm. So we could ask ourselves then, what spiritual training exercises, according to Paul's uh, instruction to us, what spiritual training exercises have I embedded into my schedule that are really working to condition me to think and to act more like Jesus? Because when I think about training, you know, he says physical exercise and training is, is, has some value for sure. But when you think about training, you are thinking discipline. You're thinking, what is in my schedule? What do I do consistently that gets me to meet a goal? So if I was going to do a triathlon, I would have to make a plan for how much swimming and biking and running I was going to do up until the day of the race. Um, and so that's the picture here. That, that Paul is painting. If you're training for something physically, you have to have a plan. You have to work at it, put effort into it. So what is, that's the question we'll ask about godliness. What spiritual training exercises are actually in our lives that are making this happen? Mm -hmm. Well, we talked earlier about the importance of giving God access to our minds because we have to train our minds. And we talked about focusing in on the things that are, uh, praiseworthy and excellent and to do all those things. Uh, but I think that, unfortunately, you know, years ago, it, it became kind of a, a trendy thing or, or trite thing, but uh, the acronym WWJD, what would Jesus mm -hmm. do? And, you know, they made bracelets and all kinds of other paraphernalia about it. And, and people kind of push it off. But it's actually a good thing to do. Right. To develop that in your life. So if, as just as a spiritual exercise, stop every moment, Everything that you're doing and you say, oh, what would Jesus do if he were in my place right now? Like, what would he do right now? Mm -hmm. That's an excellent spiritual exercise. If you're not doing that in your life, it changes the way you look at everything. So I, I would say that that's a good start uh, to change your thinking, uh, to give access uh, to your mind um, to God. Uh, a deeper one uh, to me would be... Um, Taking God's word, we talked about the big three, you know, the Holy Spirit, the word of God in prayer. But uh, in this one about the word of God specifically, I, I like to use the terminology absorbing God's word into our lives. And 
that means that the word of God becomes a part of me. Uh, I've used terms like letting the word of God percolate through your life. You know, hmm. we, we say the old coffee percolator right. and how it, it went. You know, we have our modern devices now, but uh, there was that, that sense of as the coffee was brewing and uh, there was that um, you know, whole process taking place. Well, I think the word of God, uh, think of the word of God in a similar way, percolating through our lives, absorbing into us. And we do that by... First of all, reading God's Word. If you don't read God's Word, it's never going to get into you. True. You have to then study God's Word. You have to be serious about it. So that starts with smaller passages, a verse at a time, a phrase at a time. Thinking through what it says, it's, it requires memorizing God's Word. And we've been encouraging in each of the episodes here uh, to memorize some of the verses in this passage of Scripture. They're life-changing. Mm -hmm. But when you memorize them, you're absorbing them into your life. And then, and then there's meditating on that word. So once it's in you, you can be out and about. You don't have to have the written word in front of you. Those words will come to you, and you begin to think about them. So you meditate on them. And then I think another uh, way to absorb God's word is to pray the word. So as you're meditating and they come to start praying some of those things. And I, I tell you, it, it takes you to a new level. And then, of course, is applying the Word of God. So they, they become, the Word of God becomes a guiding principle for you in every, in every aspect of your life. So th th that's spiritual discipline. That doesn't just happen. You have to want to do that. And, you know, you can't just get along on a Sunday school knowledge mm -hmm. in an adult world. Mm -hmm. You know, if you went to Sunday school as a kid and learned some stories and some Bible verses, uh, that's great. And you can probably maybe remember some of them. Uh, but you've got to be going way deeper than that mm -hmm. and on a daily basis. So that's what we have to do. We have to train ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I hope that your pastor on Sunday morning is doing a good job studying the Word and exegeting it and, and bringing it to life for people. But that's not enough either. That's not enough either. you got to do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Make every effort mm -hmm. to do these things mm -hmm. absorb the word right uh so the seventh one in the list brotherly kindness mm -hmm. i look at that as simply being kind to others um and that's a big thing in our world today it's something we have to learn to do because we can easily be absorbed into our own thoughts and selfish desires from an early age we learn that it's it's inbred in us really so we have to learn to choose to care about how we treat other people. And uh, this admonition in this passage of Scripture in 2 Peter 1 goes uh, beyond just being kind. Uh, it's referring to a, a, a quality of kindness that you would show to a family member, to a close friend, a neighbor, your church family. Brotherly kindness, it's called. It's showing affection to those that you would consider special and endearing. It's translated from the Greek word uh, Philadelphia, obviously, which uh, embodies brotherly love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about our society today, we have really become a society of unkind people. People are very, very unkind mm -hmm. in the way they treat one another. We push and we shove others to get our own way. We speak about others with derision and contempt. And it's become so normal that even the smallest act of kindness is actually noticed. Mm 
Mm-hmm. True. When somebody does something kind for somebody, they go, "Oh, wow! Mm-hmm. It's a an new act story. of kindness. Whoa, yeah. that's a new story. Yeah. Wow, what happens? Yeah. That's that's where we've come to." Mm-hmm. And so I just think about the impact, the positive impact that we could have as Christ followers on just being kind to everyone that we have connections with. Mm-hmm. Now, being kind doesn't mean being a pushover. Sure. You know, people kind of get that out of their minds. They see Jesus as kind of a this weak individual that was... Stu- well, no, if you actually have studied the Gospels, you know he was no pushover. <laughs> True enough. Uh, no, it doesn't mean being weak. You don't have to be needlessly pushed around or afraid. To be truthful, to be kind. You can be considerate, thoughtful, and courteous while holding firm to your biblical beliefs and convictions without apologizing for it. Mm-hmm. Regardless of other people's reactions to you, that doesn't matter. You can still be kind. And that's what this is referring to. You have to make an effort to become kind. Mm-hmm. Brotherly kindness is something you have to add to your life. It reminds me of that verse that says it's God's kindness that brings us to repentance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his anger and his judgment, and, and, and he is justified in being angry. Absolutely. And sin is awful, and it separates us from him, but it's his kindness that mm-hmm. leads to repentance, mm-hmm. right? We forget about that sometimes. Showing kindness really actually is a, an evidence of inner strength, not weakness. It is. Like it's a lot of strength mm-hmm. to choose kindness, uh, you know, especially when someone is less than kind yeah, to you. Yeah, that can happen often, yeah. And so the question in, in the course that I really liked from this section says this, how do you prepare yourself to show kindness to others naturally? And I don't know if I'd ever thought about that, preparing myself to show kindness, but I can see just through the question, the benefit of it, Mm -hmm. because the world's probably not going to be super kind. As you said, we're so busy. It's push and shove. We all have places to go and and we're thinking about our own agenda so often. Mm -hmm. So how do I instead prepare myself to be kind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you make a great point because uh, we are naturally selfish as individuals. We don't admit it. We should. And when we do, it's it's a, actually a liberating thing to realize mm-hmm. that we are actually being selfish because we are conditioned to consider ourselves first in every situation. That's how that's how we grow mm-hmm. up. That's, right. that's what we look at. Uh, so we need to, I believe, in order to grow in this area, we need to practice generosity. I think that's a great way to develop this brotherly kindness in our lives, to practice generosity by looking for opportunities to bless others. Uh, Because this will recondition our focus off of ourselves to others lovingly. Now, I don't know how many people will do that in the course of a day, but say, Lord, uh, help me to be generous today to other people. Mm -hmm. Help me to show uh, this generosity and to be kind in a situation where I wouldn't naturally do it. Help me to do that. And in the Holy Spirit, of course, in us that we include will enable us to do that. But generosity is linked, I believe, to kindness so closely. Right. I think about generosity and I, I wonder if preparing myself to be kind includes, you know, we think we hear the word generosity, we assume it means finances, which it does. But I'm thinking about my time, mm-hmm. how to be generous with my time. Yep. And one of the ways that I could prepare myself to show kindness every day is to make sure that my schedule has some margin. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm rushing around 
always, always just living right on the edge of everything, you know, and I'm, I can only focus on my needs and what I need. And, and if somebody gets in my way, uh, and you know, cuts me off or slows me down, it can be difficult to remember this principle. But if I have margin and I'm praying what you just said to pray, Holy Spirit, show me how I can be generous. All of a sudden, when somebody comes across your path who needs a hand or yeah, maybe does need some financial assistance or you're, you're able to stop and think, even see the need. You're even able to just see the need and then have a chance to respond to it. So uh, that's one way that I know I could prepare myself is to watch how I schedule my life so that it's not just about me in my calendar every day. There's margin enough to be able to see what the Holy Spirit might want to use me for. A thing that I've tried to practice for years and I think has served me well is I find myself, even without planning, uh, I find myself in situations talking with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it's planned, a lot of it's unplanned. But in this spirit, uh, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me to be generous in listening. Hmm. I think that's a way that we can be kind to others because I tell you, I have very little difficulty carrying on a conversation with anybody. I simply have to ask the question, so what about you? (laughs) I ask them something about their own lives and invariably uh, they'll tell me a story. There's the odd time where people are socially awkward. They they find it hard to express it. But in most cases, people are just waiting for somebody to listen. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another thing that we can think about in being kind when was the last time you actually listened to somebody, looked at them, gave them eye contact, listened to them, and weren't distracted by other people around trying to get your attention, but you listened to them? I think that's huge. And people today are just craving that. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful reflection of the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Because while he, he speaks so beautifully to us, when you think about how much he listens mm-hmm. to us. <laughs> All the time. And how we have to train ourselves to listen to him mm-hmm. more often than mm-hmm. not. Uh, that's a beautiful reflection of the heart of God. Yeah. 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 That's kindness in action. And the last one, number eight, love. Yep. Love. And the Greek word here, of course, agape, um, is the first fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, verse 22. Uh, it's the word used by biblical authors to describe the highest expression of love, uh, because it involves, uh, sacrificing self-interest. For the sake of others. That's basically the definition of this kind of love that's being referred to here. So it's putting the needs of others ahead of your own, usually at personal cost. And of course, the greatest example of this is God himself. Mm -hmm. God has shown us this love uh, by uh, generously uh, sacrificing for our sake, by sending Jesus, the Son of God, to die for our sins. And Jesus willingly giving himself up for us, giving up his own rights and advantages to take our place on the cross. This is the love that we're talking about. This is the godly love that's being referred to here. And it's so great to realize that this unselfish attitude is already in you, in Christ Mm -hmm. as a new creation. But it must be matured and developed in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. And... The reality is that you'll have ample opportunity to see this developing and growing. Yes. <laughs> uh, to put others ahead of yourself is a daily choice. Many times a day, you'll have to say, no, uh, Lord, help me to do that. Help me not to be selfish in this. And the closer they become with Christ, 
the more that others will see uh, this in your life and the more that you will see others as Christ sees them. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about this agape love, the question in the course is why is self-sacrificing love such a major theme in the Bible? It really is mm-hmm. all throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Self-sacrificing love. Mm-hmm. It is not all about you. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautifully on display, as you said, in what Christ has done for us. So why, why, why this? Why this, uh, you know, is such a major theme that runs through Scripture? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a kind of a neat thought, uh, is that it's the heart of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And when we think of the gospel, sometimes we, we, we exclude the Old Testament, for example, and we say, well, that doesn't apply. But no, the, the theme of sacrificial love, God's love, runs from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And it's the quality of God's love. That's what we're seeing on display. That's why it's such a big deal. And uh, so, you know, we need to understand that. uh, And we need to want that in our own lives. And unless you understand that, then you won't get it. You, You literally won't get it. You won't get God. You won't get salvation. You won't get eternity. You won't get any of that. That's why this love, this agape love, self sacrificing love, is such a major thing throughout the whole Bible. And when you start to understand that theme, when you start to know the Word of God and, and pick up on that, what you really see is a picture of who God is. That's right. And what He's willing to do for us mm-hmm. and what His heart is really all about, mm-hmm. right? And so that's another question in this chapter. What would your life look like if you learned to see others more like Jesus does? If you learned to express this kind of love the way that we see God doing that and expressing that and teaching that all the way through Scripture, what would your life look like? Mm-hmm. Well, you'd be more unselfish, Sure. first of yep. all. You would say, oh, wow, okay, I actually thought about somebody else before I thought about myself. You'd be more understanding of other people. You would begin to see them for who they are, you know, as Jesus did. He could see people for who they were, and, and he understood who they were and where they were, and we need to do that more. And we would also have more compassion, like Jesus. Uh, Jesus didn't just feel sorry for people, but he acted on it. His Mm -hmm. heart was moved for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a major difference that would be. Mm -hmm. If just daily we applied this, we made every effort to add Mm -hmm. this. Uh, So it's interesting to think that this is the end of this list, Mm -hmm. that we started with faith. And we ended with love. And why, why is this list incomplete without love yeah. at the base of it? Yeah. Well, that's also a biblical theme, isn't it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Paul's famous uh, 1 Corinthians 13 passage, he talks about a love and, and all things that it, it is. And he says, like, if you do anything uh, to benefit other people even, if you do even great works but you don't have love, it's useless. Right. It's absolutely useless. It's all in vain. So... Love has to be at the heart of everything that you do. And love never fails. Uh, you know, that's, that's so uh, important for us to realize that without love, life is pointless. The whole world is searching for love. That's what they're searching for, what we're talking about mm-hmm. right here. But they look for it in all the wrong places most of the time. But it's all found in, in God. And here we are as, as followers of Christ, in Christ. In Christ. We have this love already, already in, in us. us. Mm-hmm. And this is what... Everyone is searching for, Everyone and it's just just here, just here, ready to be developed in our lives. That's a pretty cool idea. Mm-hmm. That's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not like I have to apply 
so I have to add this. I have to figure out how to how to do this. Mm-hmm. I have to figure out how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit yep. developing this in me. Mm-hmm. That's a very freeing thing for me. Mm-hmm. A very very freeing thing. And the, you know, there's a there was a lot. This is a lot to cover mm-hmm. in just in these few verses. But there's a lot to cover, and it's so important to understand every one of these. Um, essentials as we've guys you've called them uh it's so important to understand actually what you're reading so it's not just a list that you kind of skim past but every single one of them being so important and strategically placed in this list for whatever reason peter picked these eight and they're such beautiful like you said even just like this and the fruit of the spirit in galatians 5 man that's That's just just work on that (laughs) like just just like camp out there right so it was a lot of it's a lot to cover and i know it's a lot of specific areas to discover and a lot of things that we can mature in. Mm-hmm. Are there any, as you look at this list, are there any overarching themes or thoughts as we close this episode? Because I don't want us to lose the forest for the trees. You know, mm-hmm. as we're staring, you know, each one of these things down, what are those big themes that we want to make sure we don't miss in this, in yeah. these these verses? So anybody that's listening right now, I would say if, you, if you're going to want to write these three things down, but I'm going to just tell you right now, will help you, I think in this whole process. The first thing I would say is be proactive with your spiritual growth. Be proactive. You are the one that has to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you have to do this. This this is something you have to decide that you want to do. It's not going to happen by accident. That's right. The second thing is be realistic with where you are today. Like, look at your life, do an assessment. I encourage you to do this earlier in one of the episodes, but uh, I'm reminding you again here, be realistic of where you are. How much do you need to grow? How much have you grown? Where are you? Are you progressing? But be realistic. Don't play around, think, think it's you're uh, farther along than you are or not as far along as you are. Be realistic. And the third thing I would say is this. Be positive with your potential in Christ. Be positive. Look at this. And from that angle, look at all that I have in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, look, this is available to me and be positive about it. Uh, Don't look at it as being overwhelming. Oh man, this is stuff I got to do now. No, look at it the other way. This is is my potential in Christ. So I would say be proactive, be realistic, be positive. That's awesome. And if you're driving and listening to this, we will have this in the show notes. So please do not try to text this while you're driving down the road or anything like that. I'll drop those in the show notes for you. Okay, so in our next episode, we are going to continue to talk about the beginning of verse 5. Yep, just the beginning of it. We're going to focus in. We're going to talk about its incredible significance in our ability to engage in these action items that we've been talking about in this episode and to see results in our lives. Uh, So that's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to diving into episode 7 with you. Our mission is to equip people to live Christ-centered lives through daily transformation. We hope that this episode has done just that. It is such a huge honor to be a part of what's next for you. So thanks for listening.